following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Hello. Would uh, like to turn your attention this morning to Daniel Jabdaraid. I'm just kidding. I'll try to be more careful than that. <laughs> now we go to Second Timothy this morning. And, uh, I wrote this uh, sermon three weeks ago. It's been waiting a long time, so it's going to be just as new to me as it is to you. Um, so we're looking to Second uh, Timothy this morning, page 995 in the Pew Bibles. I'm going to read verses 1 through 13, but we're really only going to focus on verse 7. Um, so Second Timothy 2, starting at verse 1. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust you faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself." May the Lord's blessing be on his word this morning. Let's pray together. Father, it's an awesome privilege to gather this morning as a family around your word in the presence of your Holy Spirit. We pray that your spirit would open our eyes to see the truth of your word this morning, that you would enlighten our understanding of it and... uh, apply it to our lives, that our minds and hearts would be transformed, to be renewed in the image of our Creator. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I apologize. I've been sick all week. Um, this is only the second time I've left the house. No, no, that, no, never mind. Sorry. Some of you know that's not true. We've been to 150 basketball games this week. Um, so I've been very busy. But uh, anyway, I'll try not to cough and sneeze into a microphone for you. Um, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so later on in this letter, Second uh, Timothy, the Apostle Paul um, the, writes a stern warning to Timothy and the church. Um, in chapter 4, in verses 3 through 4, 
He writes, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Now, we know that Paul couldn't possibly have been talking about our day and age, um, but the, the Holy Spirit was um, a thing. We'll look at those verses in depth when we get to chapter 4, but for now, we'll just take that warning as it stands. There is a warning for hearers of the word, and there is also a warning for teachers of the word. The warning for hearers is don't just collect teachers that tell you what you want to hear. And the warning for teachers is to teach the truth, teach healthy doctrines, not just what people want to hear. When I listen to preachers, I look for the ones who stay true to God's word, who challenge their hearers, uh, to consider the implications of the gospel and be transformed by them. And this is a challenge that's always before me as a preacher. Um, I'm always having to question, am I just saying what people want to hear? Am I too concerned with upsetting people or uh, even allowing what I think people will think if I say something that is too challenging, do I let that temper what I say? I want to be gentle with you. I don't want to upset you now. Yeah, well, um, too bad. Because um, the word says something different um, to me. It's with this thought in mind, I want to focus on verse 7 of chapter 2. And I say that because this verse may just challenge us a little bit more than we'd like to be challenged this morning. Paul had just concluded a wonderful and relevant and short three-point sermon on the soldier, the athlete, and the farmer. Remember we talked about that about five years ago? That's what it seemed like to me. Um, be dedicated like a soldier. Be yielded like an athlete and be dependent like a farmer. All these three points is a poem and you get a dynamite sermon. Sell a lot of books. But Paul didn't conclude that sermon with a poem. Instead, he said in verse 7, Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Now, you can see how that might be unpopular for a preacher to tell his hearers to think about what he just said to them. Now you're offended. That was the plan. <laughs> I often, I like to mine for hidden gems in scripture, looking for fuller meaning beyond the surface. Uh, and this is a hidden gem if I've ever seen one. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Now, there's nothing in the original language that would suggest that Paul was referring to anything other than the three illustrations that he had just given to Timothy. 
the soldier, the athlete, and the farmer. Think about that. He's simply stating, think over the implications of these three illustrations. Think about how they apply to you and to your life and to your ministry. There's, I'm sorry, but there's no secret or hidden wisdom uh, behind this challenge from Paul. However, there is a principle at work that can very well change every aspect of our lives. But you're not going to like it. I don't. I know I don't. There are many, many teachers out there today that encourage their hearers to ignore their minds and focus on their hearts. That following Christ has more to do with how you feel than what you think. When the Bible talks about the heart of a person, it's clearly not talking about the actual organ of the heart. It's talking about the center of a person, what makes them who they are, all their psychological faculties that define them. The word for the literal organ of the heart, here's your uh, original language trivia, the word for the literal organ of the heart does not occur at all in the New Testament. And in the Old Testament, it's usually some animal getting sacrificed. <laughs> you don't, you don't need to apply that to you. To separate the mind from the heart, the psychological center of a person is foolishness. Absolute foolishness. What the ear teachers are trying to do is base uh, the, the, base the Christian life on how we feel and not how we think or what we think. I don't know if you know this, but I used to be a youth pastor, uh, 500 years ago. And in youth ministry, there used to be a saying that a kid will probably not remember anything that you say to them but they will remember how you made them feel. I think that's true of just about everybody. It's mostly true. It's mostly true about kids and mostly true about adults. I can, I can guarantee that. <laughs> so don't get too, too puffed up, you adults, thinking it's only for kids. This saying is mostly true for only one reason. And the reason is not that people were not listening, but people don't think about what you just said to them, generally speaking. They only remember their feelings in reaction to the experience of your communication. Paul's challenge to Timothy and to us is simple yet profound. Think about what you have heard and the Lord will give you understanding. It seems simple. But we live in an age where thinking for yourself is not very popular. The media in its various outlets prescribes what we are to think, and we tend to swallow it all, hook, line, and sinker. It doesn't matter which way you lean. There are plenty of people telling you what you ought to think about the issues of the day. 
If you don't think the same way as that TV channel, you can turn it to that TV channel and they'll tell you to think the opposite way, just as long as you follow their prescriptions. We had a conversation at dinner a few uh, nights ago. Well, seemed like a month ago. We wrestled with questions about some current events and whether or not what we thought about them was just based on what other people had said, um, what they had told us without thinking about it on our own, without thinking it all the way through. Well, it said on the TV that X, Y, Z. My teacher said X, Y, Z, so this must be the truth. But if we don't think about it, that's exactly what we will think. Must be true. Somebody said it. It's on the Internet. That's reliable, right? No. I admit that it's difficult to to find actual facts about current events or almost anything. But when it comes to sound doctrine and healthy theology, there is one trustworthy source and is completely reliable and that is the Bible Amen. we don't need to mess around with it it tells us the truth we just need to think about it for ourselves I have received um, several compliments I guess over the last few months about some of our recent sermons in Second Timothy and that's Flattering, you can keep it up, it's great. But the truth is, there's absolutely nothing profound you know, about what I do in studying God's Word. I don't have a magic wand or, or anything available to me that is not available to any one of you. It is a process that is 100% available to everyone. And it's right here in verse 7 of 2 Timothy chapter 2. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. What's the secret ingredient in crafting a sermon? Effort. You just got to think about it a little bit. I ask the Lord for understanding of the Scripture, whatever it happens to be. I think about what was said in the Scripture. I read what other people think about what was said in the scripture and the Lord provides understanding and guides me in articulating that understanding to you. I'm only responsible for like it gets about this far and everything else out there is up to you. The question that remains Will you think about what has been said so that the Lord can provide you the understanding and everything? Now, I have the benefit of spending the week thinking about the scripture before I preach it and write it. I write it all down pretty much word for word because I won't remember otherwise. I'll write it all down so that I can share it with you. But, believe me, by lunchtime this afternoon, it will be gone. In fact, I didn't remember even writing that. But it's here. Now, be willing to bet, my friends. I love you. But I'd be willing to bet it's the same with you. 
By lunchtime, poof. It's all gone. This is not God's design. His design is for us to think over what has been said so that he can give us understanding. What's the goal? It's understanding, right? Paul says uh, uh, we will be transformed by the renewing of our feelings and our attitudes. No, it's not. It's a renewing of our mind. There is nothing wrong with Christianity being an intellectual pursuit. That's not all it is, clearly. It's a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Personal dependence on Him for guidance and direction and forgiveness. But it's not a mindless pursuit. We are not robots. His design is for us to think over what has been said so that he can give us understanding. We cannot expect to mature as disciples or make any progress at all in following Jesus if we don't think about what has been said, if we don't think about what we read in his word. Every morning when I wake up, the first thing I do is read a chapter of Scripture. I pop it open on my phone, read, and move on with the day. I don't know what I read this morning. It was the end of a gospel, but I can't remember which one. This is not atypical. I did just wake up, so I wasn't really paying attention. But the truth is, that's kind of what we all do sometimes. Our eyes float over the words, and then we shut the book, check, Well, I did it for today. I'm moving on. Now, in my mind, I started this practice because I want to start my day off with God's Word. I want to put it deep in my heart so I remember. Well, I'm halfway there. I start the day off in God's Word. That part is true. But it all just kind of bounced off in the fog of my early morning or late morning, depending on your perspective. Now, I'm not just talking about cold academics, like just diligently taking notes on lectures so we can write papers and pass tests. That's not what I mean. We are challenged in God's Word not to conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And that can't happen if we do not engage in what we are being taught, if we do not chew on it and think about it. We need to think about what we're reading in the Scripture, if we are reading the Scripture at all. Paul challenged Timothy to consider the implications of what he said. And the Holy Spirit, I think, is challenging us to truly engage what he has been saying to us as well. I want to tell you exactly how to fix it. I'm not sure that I can. But I can challenge you to take notes, to ask questions, to talk to each other about what you have heard and read. Don't be guilty of just consuming a quick meal, happy time, and off out the door moving on to the next thing. Right? Make sure that all the pigs in a blanket are cooked for the game tonight. 
If you remember the soldier and the farmer and the athlete, Paul challenged Timothy not to get entangled in civilian affairs, but make it his aim to please the one who enlisted him. Do you remember that? Well, you're proving my point so far. Thank you. (laughs) Remaining focused on the teaching of Christ and his apostles is part of the work. Thinking about the teaching, receiving understanding from the Lord and allowing our minds to be renewed and made more like Christ Jesus. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. That's the idea. That's the point of me standing up here and say anything to you at all. Say amen, snuggles. <laughs> I want you very much to hear this word this morning. I've been at this here, thank you, for seven years. And if nothing changes, then that has been a waste. I personally am not a big fan of wasting time. There's too much to do. There's too much at stake for us to just come in and sit and, okay, that, I feel good. It was good to see everybody this morning. When we sang some songs that I liked, and then we'll leave. So what? What are we doing if we don't think about what's been said in God's Word? Anyway, I told you you wouldn't like it. I don't. I don't like being challenged to think. I'm not, I don't like thinking about anything. Just leave me alone, right? What good is that? We not be any more like Jesus, and we make no effect on this world at all. God has given us what we need for life and godliness through the power of Him who called us for His own glory and goodness. We have everything that we need. We just need to do something with it. Okay? okay? Think about it. Let it change you. Amen. Let's pray. Mm. Father, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the times I just let my eyes float over your word and not think about it. Nothing about the implications. Nothing about what you're trying to say. Nothing about how you want me to change or act differently or think differently. And I think, Lord, I'm not the only one. So, Lord, we are sorry. But may that not just be an emotion, how we feel. I pray that people not live here just feeling bad, but be challenged to renew their minds, thinking about what you have said what you have written down for us, preserved over the ages, so that we would know what it means to be like Jesus, to act according to your word. Lord, may our minds be renewed, our lives transformed. May the world be turned upside down because it challenged your people to think differently, to think at all. Lord, we need your help. 
I know in my own strength, I won't do this. I need your help to be different. You are the only one that can change our hearts. So we pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would do that work. Do that work in us. Start, Lord, with me. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.